0: Finding Purpose, the Song of My Life, Episode 34, Training and Shelter of the Home. Welcome back, everyone. When I originally started this podcast, I posted a short introduction. I said that we are all looking for purpose, happiness, and contentment in our lives. As I have been telling our story, I quoted a line that Thomas had written in a letter to his mother. He wrote, We have found God's purpose for our lives, believing in His Son. He has given us new life. At the end of the last episode, Foundation Laid, I spontaneously said, we find blessings in the shelter of our father's wings. That gave me another image of the family being a home, a place of shelter. The building of a physical house requires a foundation and so does the inside of it, the home. There needs to be a plan, a blueprint to follow, both for the outer building and a plan for the family who lives inside of it. For example, in raising our little daughter, it wasn't about the building we lived in. Our responsibility living within it was to create a place of belonging, a safe place for our daughter to grow. At the time, we were aware that the most important thing was our love, our faith, prayer, and unity, that this should be the center of our daily life. And these same qualities were what we had found at the Living Waters Ranch. We had the privilege during that time of learning about God's ways— Living out in the country, we were pretty secluded from the rest of the world. We weren't being bombarded with our culture's priorities. There were no TVs or radios or newspapers and magazines to distract or influence us. There was plenty of work to do, and we enjoyed coming together for meals and evening meetings. It was kind of like going away to a Bible school, but it wasn't about academics. Rather, the emphasis was on practical application." I am reminded of a popular song from those days that was actually taken from the Bible. When I was a teenager, the group called The Birds sang it. To everything, turn, turn, there is a season, turn, 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 and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to plant, a time to build, a time to laugh and a time to weep, a time to dance and a time to mourn. This is how Thomas and I saw our days at the ranch. It was a special season of learning and maturing as believers. The goal of the community was to equip young people to be ready to go out into the world with the gospel. Our experiences there were transforming our characters, mainly learning to put away our selfish ways and become servants. Now, the next studies on raising children would take us deeper into these lessons. The same way Thomas and I had found shelter under God's wings, we wanted our daughter to grow up feeling that security and love under our wings. For our seven o'clock meeting, we headed over to the dome with baby Naomi and toting our Bibles and notebooks. The fun part was beginning with songs of rejoicing. Often it was a song like, thou hast turned my morning into dancing for me. Sometimes we would form a circle and dance together to the rhythm of the tambourine and guitar. Tom said, let's get started this evening in the book of Proverbs. But first, he reminded us that the main theme in the Proverbs was about wisdom and how to attain it. It's meant to teach adults and youth to heed its instructions and warnings. So we began with Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Tom asked us some questions to get us thinking about the meaning. Who is this instruction speaking to? What does the word train mean? What is the way? And how does this affect the child's whole life? We had a really good discussion that evening because we had children of different ages. So each parent already had some type of their own experience. Also because the group of us included both husbands and wives and some single moms. First of all, the obvious was that the instruction is to the parents, that they are responsible for how the child will develop and be eventually prepared for the storms that will come. We talked about the meaning of to train because it seemed to be the most important aspect of the verse. It would be like training for a sport or learning an instrument. It would require daily consistent practice, a willingness to suffer somewhat for the goal ahead perseverance, love, and wisdom. Then there was the question, what is the way? First, the parents must know the way themselves. That requires us as parents to be willing to follow, to submit our will unto Jesus as the way, and our lives should reflect that as an example for our children to follow. We talked about how this would be a long-range commitment to be growing with our children so that we could keep steering them in the right direction. Then it's the child's part to respond to the parent's training, to learn to love and respect the parents by listening to their instructions and obeying. It would be important for us parents to understand that we are building a foundation that will prepare them for their future. This was sobering for all of us. It was not about our desires and feelings, but rather that we should do what is best for our children. Then Tom showed us a beautiful picture for the children in Proverbs 1 verse 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Here it speaks of the responsibility of both parents and tells the child they will be blessed as they learn to listen and obey. Then we read the next one that specifically talks about how to gain wisdom and what happens if a person refuses instruction. We read Proverbs 12, verse 1, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof or correction is stupid. That was pretty clear. Then Tom took us to the New Testament, Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. In chapter 5, verse 15, it speaks to all believers, saying, Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Then the writer addresses those that are married, giving instructions for the order of the family. He says the men should submit their lives to Christ, the wives should submit to their husbands, and the children should submit to their parents. This way of life made sense to Thomas and I because we had already made a personal commitment to Jesus to do just that, to submit our lives our own will to follow him. And it was according to some of these verses that we had written the marriage song together a while back, so it was still fresh in our minds. Then we read the specific message to the children at the beginning of chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. We realized that this was almost the same as what we had read in the Old Testament about training a child. Here the wording was that the child needs to learn to obey so he can learn the difference between right and wrong. We talked about all the different kinds of things we should teach our children. Besides the emphasis on faith, we needed to be teaching them practical things, but that would depend on the age of the children. Since the children were ever growing and changing, we as parents would need to pay attention to each new phase. At least we were gaining the understanding that we knew where to find God's blueprint in how to build our home, a house on the rock. On our way back home from the meeting that evening, Thomas and I talked about how glad we were that we had a small baby. We were just at the beginning of this parenthood journey. Some other parents who had older children realized that they would have to change their habits in the home. Back at the big house, the other two families had put their kids in bed so the evening was quiet. After Naomi was sleeping, Thomas and I were overflowing with things to talk about. Since we both had different family backgrounds, we were thankful that we could learn together about marriage and raising children. We had already experienced that belief in God's word had changed us individually and the direction of our lives as a couple, so we were inspired to pass these truths on to our daughter. The whole subject about building a home led us to thinking about our future. We had never really talked about that before. I had been saying to Thomas ever since Naomi was born that I couldn't wait to have another baby. He finally said, well, let's talk about it. How many children would you like to have? Since I grew up with two younger sisters, it might have been natural to think that three kids makes a nice family, but that seemed too small to me. I told him that I could imagine having five children. I loved being pregnant and having a baby. I just wanted more of those cute little sweethearts. Thomas, like me, loved having a baby, and not to forget that he even delivered her. He said right away, then let's pray and ask God to bless us with more children. So we asked the Lord that night to help us learn to be good and faithful parents and that His will be done in our lives. We had no idea where we would be living in the future or what our financial situation would be. That was something we couldn't imagine— but we were learning to trust God every day and put everything into His hands. I think one of the most valuable aspects of our life at Living Waters was that we got in the habit of talking and praying about everything. We were learning practically to be of one mind, to be in agreement concerning all of our decisions. What we didn't know yet was that God was preparing us for an even bigger decision for our future. That came about the next time we visited the church in Eureka and heard Jim Durkin preach. That's a story for next time. In closing today, I realized that the idea of being of one mind is actually written about often in the Bible. It is a reality that only God can give. Before we became believers, we had love between us, but definitely not one mind. So I looked up verses on this subject. This is what I found. It is really amazing how these following verses sum up everything we had read at our studies about God's heart and his design for the family. Reading this today, Jeremiah chapter 32 verses 38 to 42, I am overcome with the beauty and the eternal truth of these words. Amazingly, this is exactly what Thomas spoke about and prayed over me on his last day on this earth. They shall be my people, and I will be their God, and I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me always, for their own good, and for the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do good, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. I will rejoice over them to do good, and I will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. Jeremiah continues, For thus saith the Lord, just as I brought all this great disaster on this people, so am I going to bring on them all the good that I am promising them. This can be our prayer that we know God in this way. Take care, my friends. Bye for now.